Todd, by the way, um, is a longtime friend of mine. Uh, we've known each other um, from way back towards the beginning of my ministry as a campus minister. He served on a campus uh, ministry board that oversaw our work. When Todd was working with Texas A&M and Cutter, he uh, invited my wife and I over uh, to, um, to be with them and invited me to uh, speak at their church in Cutter on two different um, occasions on different Fridays and also to teach the college and youth uh, a course on, on worldview. And uh, at that time, we we're praying that Todd and Brenda would be able to uh, join us in Canada to help start the church we started up there. Um, but the Lord didn't answer those prayers. But he has brought them back here to Bryan College Station, and we're delighted to have them with us. And so, Todd, thank you for uh, your friendship over the years, and thank you as well for being willing to uh, lead us in the study of God's Word this morning. Well, John, thank, thank you for having me, and I appreciate you uh, taking the, or trusting me with the, uh, the, the message today. And, I, and as I go through this little sermonette, I, I, was, uh, I was thinking about how great it is to be with friends, and I can't wait till we can, we can meet in person again. At, at Texas A&M, I teach a class. I have two classes of over 300 students, and we meet in Rudder Auditorium, and the students are spread out all over to, for social distancing purposes. It's interesting. You can't even, I can't even see the person in the back, uh, and, and how, and so when you're up there teaching, you're just you're just talking, not knowing how anybody's responding. And that's a little bit of the way it is on Zoom. You talk and everybody and everybody listens. But I thank you, John, for the opportunity to be with you today. You know, for the 13 of the last 15 years, Brenda and I have been part of the expat church, the church meeting uh, in another country. And it's interesting when you have an expat church, our, our church experience in the Middle East there was that we were not allowed to have a pastor. That's why we invited uh, Pastor John to come and visit uh, to share with us other pastors. But a lot of times it was just the local elders who would preach, and so you always had a uh, a sermon in the pocket. And I always thought about this. You know, what's the message for today's church that you would that that's that would be applicable in the Middle East and Korea or wherever you are? And that's kind of what I want to talk about today because what I see going on that there is we have a lot of zeal, but not a lot of knowledge that forms the basis of that zeal. And that's really what I want to talk about today. From, from 2016 through 2019, Brent and I lived in South Korea. We fell in love with the Korean people. And you could say that when we left, we left a part of our heart there. Through our Korean church experience and Brenda's work with Bible Study Fellowship, we discovered something very interesting about the believers in Korea. The Christians were zealous about God, yet their understanding of him was limited. And there are historical and practical reasons for this. Uh, first of all, that the culture had invaded the church there. Confucianism and Buddhism, which uh, formed the basis or kind of the early in the historical uh, development of Korea were very strong, uh, had, had kind of permeated through the church. Uh, there were, you know, they, they tend to really, in a way, uh, worship the, the oldest people in, in the church and also the leadership. You, you wholeheartedly deferred to those in charge. Uh, there was a very strong works mentality uh, that, believe, that believed that you had to do something to get God's favor. You were, Interesting, you would see uh, on a prayer meeting at a, a local church, hundreds would show up at five o'clock in the morning and at the large churches, thousands would show up with this idea that we need to go to church and, and to get what we needed from God. 
Um, if you find if you visited the country today, you would find zealous congregations, but with a low level of biblical understanding about God. Also, cults had wreaked havoc in the local church in Korea. Um, the result of that is that the the pastors would be the only ones who would be allowed to teach the uh, low, uh, personal Bible studies and, and, and group Bible studies, especially Bible studies from any outside group were discouraged. You were not encouraged to study on your own. So what happened was you had this zeal for God, but, but not the knowledge base that needed to go with it. Um, you know, and, and kind of interestingly, we see the same thing maybe manifested in different ways in, our, in, in, in the country today. We see zealousness. I hear all the time people talking about it, but, but uh, it's not grounded in, in the true knowledge that we get through scriptures in this country. So um, I, I talk about Korea as an as, as a introduction, but yet we can apply the same thing to our lives uh, today. Uh, just before I left Korea, the pastor... Uh, for the first time, allowed uh, asked me to do something within the church, and so what I'm going to talk about today is is based is 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 similar to what I talked about uh, to our local Korean church be before we left. So let's get started. Um, I, I heard this week I, I read where the the perfect talk, and this comes out of the TED Talk mentality, is a 10 slides, 20 minutes, and 30 point font. I just want to tell you that I'm going to violate all of those today. I'm more of a, I'm a, a faculty member. I'm an instructor. There's going to be too many slides. We're going to move too fast. And there's too many words on the page. But I, uh, that being said, our message today is very simple. And I hope that uh, it will, you will take it to heart and that it will be uh, life-changing for you. So one thing that happens with when you have 300 students is you get, I get hundreds of emails you know, throughout the week, and they always ask the same thing. They want to know about the quizzes. So, um, so what I what I decided to do is I'm just going to give you the answer to the test today, so you don't have to email me and, and ask me about the quiz that we're going to uh, have over this sermon. Stephen Covey, you may have read his book. He said the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, and this is the main thing. I put the answer to the test on the screen. Let me read it to you. Here's the answer. As believers, we should seek to know God in his fullness and the depths of his character by studying and meditating on the Bible so that what we know about God and the way we live is in accord with what God has revealed about himself. The way we combat uh, having zeal without knowledge is, is, is planting ourselves studying and meditating on the Bible. So the way we live uh, is in accord with the, what, what God has revealed about himself. That's, that's the long answer. For the next few minutes, I hope to, to make this a little bit more clear as we move forward. The, re, the reality is that the knowledge of God as given to us through scripture changes us. Lifeway Research uh, did a study on, on what foundations were evident in people who were growing in their relationship with Christ. The number one finding was that people growing in Christ were engaged with their Bible. What do we mean by engaged? They were busy, they were occupied. Now that may seem that may simple, but it's, it makes sense. Those that were growing in the relationship with Christ were the ones who spent time in their Bible. The Center for Bible Engagement, which is a group 
loosely affiliated with Gordon Conwell Seminary and several churches on the East Coast. Uh, they research the impact of, of, of Bible study and people. Well, they surveyed 40,000 people in the U.S. about their Bible habits. The most interesting finding of the study had to do with the practical influence the Bible had on our daily lives. Those who read or studied the Bible once a week uh, didn't show that much change from others. People who read or studied two times a week showed no real change. People who read or studied three times a week showed a slight difference in their lives. But among people who read or studied their Bible four times a week, their lives show measurable differences. They reported 30% less loneliness, 32% less anger, 40% less bitterness, 57% less, less alcoholism. The point is, God has given us his word and it changes everything about our lives. I, I, uh, I, I thought that was an interesting finding that uh, the more time we spend in God's word, we, it, it changes the very uh, daily lives that we live. So this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about knowledge and zeal, building our Christian lives on the foundation of God's word. If you look at the picture, you can see, uh, you see a beautiful picture of flowers in many colors. The problem is that we don't see the flowers clearly. They're blurry. And that's really the way we see the world. When we look at the world uh, that's been distorted by sin and our sin nature and, and that has permeated our, our culture, we see things blurry. But when I put on my glasses, the, the picture totally changed totally. I can see the flowers in all their beauty. So the Bible is like these glasses that I put on. By looking through the Bible at the world around us and in our individual lives, we begin to see things more clearly. We see things as they truly are, as God created them. So if you, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans 10, or you can just follow along on the screen, uh, and I'll read along. I'll read it, uh, a passage for you. From Romans 10, verses 1 through 3. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for them that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and, seek, and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Zeal and knowledge. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Paul faced this ignorant zeal in the, in the first century and humanly speaking, it kept many first century Jews from seeing, seeing that Jesus was their Messiah. Many Pharisees, for example, became preoccupied with keeping the right rules at the expense of the heartfelt trust in the Lord. And they justified themselves before men, making a display of their works righteousness. In their zeal, these individuals missed the righteousness of God it was not that they were completely wrong about the Lord's standards, for they did know that the Almighty is righteous. Instead, they did not see how the Mosaic law points to their own inability to meet God's standards and their need for him to provide the righteousness that can avail before his judgment seat. Consequently, many of the Jews stumbled over Jesus, who is the very righteousness that the Lord has provided. So they, 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 there was, they were zealous for God, but because they were ignorant of the righteousness of God, they didn't have the knowledge that they needed. They created their own, and that was the problem. 
Because they did not understand God, they made up their own ways of being righteous. And many times we do that today. We create rules to get to God, and we often develop our own works righteous mentality. I want to focus on two words in the passage, zeal and knowledge. Um, and these on the screen, you'll see just a brief definition. Um, zeal, you know, great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or objectives. It's what we do. And uh, when we see that energy and, and that energy is uh, important and it's, it's, it's desirable. Knowledge are facts, information, or skills acquired by a person through experience or education. It's what we think. So the point being here, and we're going to say it over and over in the next five minutes, is what we do and what we think are very important. And, and, and what I'm going to argue today is what we think um, helps make sure that what we do conforms uh, to God's word. Um, so uh, think about this as we move forward. So let's... let's uh, um, Let's go, um, I thought I had that back here. Let's go back to this. So let me just read this one time. I want to give to you again. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish his own, they do not submit, submit to God's uh, righteousness. The text does not say here that having zeal is wrong, but that we need to ground our zeal with knowledge. And that the ignorance... Uh, led the Jews to seek their own righteousness. So that's really the foundation of what we're trying to say here is that there's, there's nothing wrong with zeal. It's just that if we don't have knowledge to back it up, then we, we, create, we try to create our own, uh, our own righteousness. So let's make a proposition here. If our zeal is greater than knowledge, then we can wander off God's path in our beliefs and our conduct. Let me... Uh, Ligonier Ministries addressed this very issue, and let me read it to you and, and what they said. They said, zeal without knowledge has wreaked incalculable havoc through history. All we have to do is think of the scores of political movements and would-be saviors who have promised the impossible while relying on the ignorance of the masses as to their true agendas. Combined a lack of, combine a lack of understanding with spiritual zeal and you end up with everything from legalism to religious terrorism. Even worse, as long as people continue in such ignorant zeal, they remain alienated from Christ and on the path to hell. This is what, God, what Paul encountered on the, with the Jews of his day, that they were zealous for God, yet uh, missed the truth of God. My argument today is that we can make, we can make our zeal count when we allow God's word to clarify the world around us and provide truth. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word lights the path before us. And that's really what we need to temper uh, the zeal that we have in our hearts. So we're, we are, um, let's talk about knowledge. Uh, knowledge is the facts or information that we have about a subject. In a biblical sense, the knowledge balances our zeal. And uh, the knowledge that balances our zeal is a biblical understanding of God. You know, the Bible many times over tells us that we are, that it commands us to love God with our minds. 
Let's look at a few um, scriptures from Romans 12 too. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Loving God with our minds is, is not only uh, biblical and scriptural, it's, it's commanded for us. Learn to love God with your mind. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Learn to love God with your minds. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. And from Colossians 3, 2. The Bible is telling us what we think in our minds is important because it informs what we do. So we need part of this uh, uh, balancing our zeal with knowledge is learning to love God with our minds. And we do that, I think, by uh, focusing in on his revealed truth to us through his scriptures. So um, our understanding of God leads to behavior that glorifies God. We must learn to think God's thoughts so we can live in a manner that glorifies our Father in heaven. And that's really the focus of, of, of our talk this morning. So turn with me to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And that's where we're going to spend the remaining part of our, of our little sermonette here. Um, that, you know, if, if we make the, the case that, that, that the knowledge we need comes through Scripture, let's talk about what the Bible says about God's Word. From 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Wow, that's a lot. That's important. Let's look at this in detail. First of all, scripture is God-breathed. Scripture is God-breathed. This is amazing. So when we speak, our words are, it is our words that are spoken. When God speaks, when God has spoken, we find his words in scripture. So he, God has spoken out scripture, basically. And that's, and that's, um, and that's amazing. Through, through scripture, God reveals himself to us. God reveals himself to us through scripture. So what's, now we look, the, the, the verse goes on and tells us the value of scripture. What does, it, what does it do in our lives? It says that it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. We're going to talk about these in a little more detail as we move forward. And finally, God gives us his word so that we may be complete and equipped for every good work. So this allows us, so God's word allows us to, to have this, this base that tempers and directs the zeal that we should have as believers, that we would be equipped for the, every good work. The word prepares us to accomplish the good works that God has prepared for us to do. So scripture is where we get our doctrine, you know, our, our uh, uh, our doctrine is basically a system of beliefs. For Christians, it's a set of accepted beliefs like the sinfulness of Christ, his divinity, his all-sufficient sacrifice on the cross, and so on. What we know about God is written in his word. 
So what's the Bible good for? First of all, profitable for teaching. The Bible instructs. From the Bible, we get our doctrines or our belief system. In other words, uh, from the Bible, we get our theology. What we know about God comes through Scripture. The precepts, we get it. We we're instructed. Our doctrine, the truth about God, what we're to think about God comes through um, Scripture. Scripture provides that for us. The Bible, also, uh, St. Timothy also tells us that the, the Bible is profitable for, or the Word of God is profitable for reproof. Um, throughout through the Bible, our beliefs receive a critical examination. We are admonished and even rebuked when we are wrong. We all need to have our understanding of God critiqued by Scripture. You know, I think, what, how, would our, how would Christianity be different today if we took this seriously, that our belief systems would be constantly critiqued, uh, rebuked, admonished? We allowed them to be, uh, to be rebuked and admonished by God's word. If, if we, we took seriously um, this, this, uh, um, this prophet from scripture, that, that uh, we would we would refine what we believe and what we know about God. We would have so much uh, less error in, in, our, in our Christian world today. And it would, it would really change the way things are uh, from, the, from believers influencing this world. So, you know, the teaching plus reproof. Uh, so it's, it's, it's uh, what we have is the Bible as the teacher and the reprover gives us sound doctrine. So when the Bible teaches us, it reproves us. What it does is it, it gives us sound doctrine in our lives. What we, uh, what we understand, think, and believe in our minds about God is, is our sound doctrine. Our knowledge is, of God is pure when it's examined by, by uh, Scripture. So sound doctrine comes from the, 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 the teacher and reprover uh, aspects of Scripture. We need the teaching. We need to be reproved so that we have sound doctrine. What we think about God is sound because it's been changed by God's word. Also, 2 Timothy says that um, the Bible is profitable for correction. When we are wrong, the Bible corrects us and restores us. We are restored to our right state. This is the true nature of repentance, the change of belief or behavior, not just the recognition of an error. So when the scripture, the Bible says the scripture is profitable for correction, it restores us and improves our thinking. It corrects us. It makes changes in our very lives, in the things that, that uh, the way we live our lives. So we need the Bible for correction to be changed. And finally, the second Timothy tells us that the Bible is profitable for training in righteousness. Um, the Bible teaches us to do the right things. We are tutored in correct behavior. We are trained in a manner similar to the way that we would train a child, that we, we teach them. And then when we do it wrong, we, we are chastised, we're trained. We are taught to do the right, uh, to live rightly. And that's what scripture does for us. So that as we, as, we, as we spend time in God's word, our, what we know the way that we should live is, is clarified and, and error in our ways is adjusted. So that's why we see how important it is 
that, that we avail ourselves to the Bible's training in righteousness. So um, the, 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 correct, the corrector nature of the Bible and the, tr and the trainer nature, nature of the Bible uh, gives us our sound conduct. So a correction plus training in righteousness equals sound conduct, how we behave in what we do. We need, the correct, we need to be corrected and we need to be trained. And what the Bible tells us is that um, what we get from that is sound conduct, how we live our lives. Now, how do we, can we apply this? There's an old English proverb that says, um, zeal without knowledge is a runaway horse. And that's where we, we, we see the passion without truth. We see that permeates not only what we saw in Korea, but also the American church in many ways, the, this, this, the zeal for God that's not based on a foundation of knowledge. We don't want to be a runaway horse in our own lives. Um, you know, and it's also true, and I don't want to say, I don't want to give a misunderstanding. Knowledge without zeal creates people who know about God, but don't really know God. We need both knowledge and zeal. We all know people who are full of knowledge and knowledge puffeth up and uh, that, that only have answers, but don't do anything. We need zealous people with a foundation of knowledge. So, but today, what I really wanted to focus on was zeal without knowledge and how what it does is it leads to it leads to error in our thinking. Uh, it leads to uh, us creating our own righteousness, our own way of following Christ, rather than having that foundation of knowledge that comes from uh, from knowing God. So this is it. Really, our desire as believers is this: that we have sound doctrine, correct beliefs, and a sound and sound conduct, correct behavior. And these start from a foundation built on scripture. So we need to be, uh, have zeal and knowledge. This is the old orthodoxy and orthopraxy. You know, orthodoxy are what we believe, right beliefs and orthopraxy, right living. And they go together. And that's basically my argument is that we, uh, if we're going to follow God, we need to do it in an orthodox way. And it's going to lead to to behavior that glorifies God. And so we need right thinking and right doing. As followers of Christ, we need knowledge and zeal, which come from studying God's word. So as we, as we think about how we can influence this, uh, this city for Christ, our state for Christ, our country, and even the world, let's start by personally uh, allowing God's word to change our very being. And through that, uh, add to it his zeal for him and that we do it correctly our thoughts are correct and our behavior is correct and i think then we were gonna we're gonna see uh, maximum ability to to influence this world world for christ let's pray father we thank you so much that uh, you've not left us here to figure out things on our own but you've given us your word it's profitable uh, and to to train us up in the way that we should be, to help us to think correctly and to live correctly. And so, Father, as people that represent you in Brian College Station, I pray that uh, our lives would, would uh, exude uh, your character because we have spent time in your word. And Lord, don't let us just become people full of knowledge, but help us to become full, people also full of zeal 
that we would have zeal that's balanced and built on a foundation of knowledge, that we can preach truth in your ways to your people. In Jesus' name, amen.